0: Last week, we we began our series, Standing Firm, ultimately is a series about being able to stand firm in your faith, to be able to declare without hesitation, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. I am not ashamed of the full counsel of God's word. To be able to stand firm, we saw that you have to stand firm in his strength. You have to stand firm in his might. By ourselves, we're weak. In him, we are strong. And we also found that you must continually stand firm because the winds of culture, the schemes of the devil, are going to continually blow at you to try to veer you off course, to try to knock you from your faith. Because ultimately, the schemes of the devil, the winds of culture, want you to deny Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. Do you remember last week? I gave you a couple examples last week, one of which that there's a so-called Christian convention of witches coming up. You know what I forgot to mention? I don't think I included it, is that they are having their convention during Holy Week and Easter. So it is the scheme of the devil pitted right against the death and resurrection of Jesus. So thus, Paul says this. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. See, Paul before has said, we've got to stand, right? We talked about the progression of sit, walk, and then stand. Paul says you are to stand, but now it is a command. Stand firm. To stand firm. He says to do that, you need to put on the armor of God. You have to understand to be able to stand firm, you have to take action. This is not a passive. This is an active thing you are to do. If you take a look at the text... It says stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So when you take a look at that, the verbiage is this, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel brothers and sisters. This is a call to action. This is not just a, oh yeah, it's another lesson that we should just go through. God's word says you are called to stand firm. And the way you are called to stand firm is by the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes for your gospel of peace. So today we're going to learn how to get Dressed. That's what we're going to do. We're going to learn how to get dressed so we can stand firm. Now, the first thing that Paul says is to be able to put on a belt of truth, having fastened on the belt of truth. So when a Roman soldier first got dressed, they had a tunic, short tunic, but what they did is they had to put on a belt or a girdle very similar to what you see on the screen, a belt or girdle around the waist, and they cinched it Tightly, They did this because now the breastplate was attached to that belt and the sword was attached to that belt. If they did not put on the belt firmly, they could not go out into battle. Let's... Is the style still around, the baggy pants? Have you seen those? Like down to here? It's like, how can you walk? right? You got to pull that up. You got to cinch on the belt of truth. See, without the belt of truth, here's what happens. Everything falls apart. Without truth, and I'm doing truth with a capital T, everything falls apart. Let me give you a couple examples. A few years ago, back in 2015, there was a man married. He was 52 years old, seven children. He said, "I identify as a six-year-old girl." And thus, he left his wife and his children because now he identified as a six-year-old girl. He now has new adoptive parents. This is a true story. He has true. He has now now adoptive parents who let him have playtime after he's done driving his truck. By the way, he still drives truck and he still drinks coffee. But what he said is, I want to reject the reality of who I was. Do you understand that? It is a true rejection of reality. What we have done, what Our culture today says there is no truth with a capital T, it's only my truth. There's no objective truth, it's all subjective truth. And this battle against truth has intensified. A story came out last month about a woman from England who was in her home with her 10-year-old autistic son and a 20-month-old baby who was still being breastfed three policemen came to her door and arrested her. They took her to jail. They did fingerprints, photographs, DNA, kept her for seven hours, even though she had particular needs and she was now separated by her children. And do you know what her crime was? On Twitter, she had the audacity to call a man a man. This man identified as a trans woman. Now she was arrested. Uh, Her laptop and everything is still confiscated because of that. Without truth, everything falls apart. And the scheme of the devil is to say, you don't have to worry about truth. Whatever you feel is okay. That's the truth. And many Christians have taken that from the culture. And if you ask them, why are you a Christian? A lot of people say, because I, I grew up that way. And it's just what I do. One very highly educated man said, I'm a Christian because it works for me. It works for me. I would suggest very strongly to you that if you are a Christian only because or because it simply works for you, you have missed the point. See, there's a fellow, and we've uh, talked about him before, J. Warner Wallace. He said, I am not a Christian because it works for me. I had a life prior to Christianity that seemed to be working just fine, and my life as a Christian hasn't always been easy. I'm a Christian because it's true. I'm a Christian because I want to live in a way that reflects the truth. I'm a Christian because my high regard for the truth leaves me no alternative. The truth. See, we don't stand in Christianity just on our opinions or preferences. It is either true or not true. And what Paul says here is that truth is the first thing you put on to be able to stand firm. It is the most crucial thing in all of our defenses against the winds of the world, against the schemes of the devil. But where does that truth come from? Do we find it internally? No. You've heard, you've heard this phrase a lot. You shall know the truth and the truth shall, right? You've heard that from a lot of people. They have taken that out of context and used it to justify whatever they want, including being a six-year-old girl when you're a 52-year-old man. Here is the actual scripture. John chapter 8. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John chapter 17, verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And also then Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 21. This is just the end of it. I'm going to read the whole thing, though. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. They have become callous and have given, them ups, given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, But that is not the way you learned in Christ, assuming you have heard about him and were taught in him as truth is in Jesus. Jesus, God, is the source of all truth. And he has given us truth in his word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. His words stand once and for all and forever. So if you want to find out about truth in this world, don't look to your heart. Look to his word. We find truth in his word about his holiness, his righteousness, we find truth about creation, the order of creation. We find truth about sexuality, marriage, and gender in his word. We find the truth about ourselves and our own sinful nature and that there's only redemption in Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. You see this, without cinching ourselves in the truth of Jesus and the truth of Scripture, the other weapons will just clatter in disarray. I mean, we don't have a chance. And you see this, that churches are falling because they actually don't stand on truth anymore. Without truth, we will bend under the weight of the devil's scheme. And by the way, if you want, in your bulletins, everybody has a handout. It's got the full armor of God there. It has notes that you can follow along with, so he says, "Get having put on the belt of truth and now having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So every week, we pray for our, our armed forces and our law enforcement folks because they have dangerous jobs, very dangerous jobs, and they often wear. Uh, Kevlar vest, right? Police wear those vests, and they should because even a even a simple traffic stop can turn into a shooting so quickly. It's unbelievable. So I happened to watch a video about a uh, a machine gun, fifty caliber, big fifty caliber machine gun, and it shot through twenty four sheets of drywall. Okay, so about that thick, twenty four sheets, right through it. Not a problem. And yet the Kevlar vest stopped it. Now, if you were wearing that, it could still definitely do damage, but your vital organs are protected. The Roman soldiers had a breastplate that they wore, and it was very hard for any opposing enemy to be able to do a fatal blow to their vital organs because of this breastplate. They actually called it a heart guard because it really did guard the heart. I want you to note that because we're going to come back to that. Now, here's my question for you. Where do you find a breastplate of righteousness? I've looked on Amazon I didn't find one. Actually, you know what? I actually did find some uh, replica Roman soldier type things, and there's other websites, anywhere from like $280 to $450, depending on your size and all that. So there you go. But nowhere did I find anybody selling a breastplate of righteousness. I didn't see any ads for it. I didn't see a tailor, a seamstress, a metal maker make it. And I've never seen a breastplate of righteousness go on sale. And you know why? Because you can never ever, ever buy a breastplate of righteousness. You can never be good enough to have your own righteousness stand, help you stand firm in that day. You need the righteousness of Christ Jesus because it is written. Actually, I'm going to go back. Paul says, that he alone, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes from through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. That's what he's talking about. The breastplate of righteousness from faith in God through Christ Jesus. It says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, there, uh, so God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Look, our own goodness doesn't do it. It is the righteousness of Christ that we wear. I hope you're starting to understand that we don't wear our truth, our righteousness, we wear the righteousness of Christ, the truth of Christ Jesus. If you want the fancy word, theologians call this imputed righteousness. Not that we deserve it, but God, because of faith in Christ, declares it unto you. He says, I give you my righteousness for the sake of my son and your faith in him. That's called imputed righteousness. Now, the interesting thing is what happens to you when you actually wear the righteousness of Christ? You've heard it said, clothes make the man, right? I did my best to find some suave debonair guy. You got to go back. Look, you can't do anything from the current age, pants down to here. You got to go back a few decades to find clothes. But really, men, have you ever put on a suit and all of a sudden you just... You feel, you stand a little taller. You feel a little better, right? Or ladies, you put on that special dress or gown and you start to act a little bit. You, maybe your language even improves a little bit. Now I want to take it up even a little bit more than that. Let's say this is not a rental. This is not something that you just happen to buy. This was given to you by your most loved one. They said, I'm giving you this. And when you wear clothes like that, you want to treat them in a certain way. And as a matter of fact, it starts to affect your character, doesn't it? See, when you wear the breastplate of Christ's righteousness, it starts to affect you. The breastplate of Christ's righteousness guards your very heart. And when your heart is kept clean and strong, your very character becomes clean and strong. And thus, the power you feel in the face of spiritual battles is given to you by Jesus. Your very character is shaped by his character. That's what happens when you're wearing the breastplate of his righteousness. John Kelvin said this. He said, it gives you a righteous living, a devout and holy life. And it is from that life then that you have power. You have power to be able to stand up and say, this is the truth of Christ Jesus, that this is the gospel, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the fullness of God's word, all of his counsel. See, if you're not in that righteousness, you, you don't have that strength to stand. Then you kind of go, well, maybe Christianity's just a preference. You know, here, here's one other point. One other thing is when you are living the, in the righteousness of Christ and living that righteous life, people notice. They notice you. And they are either repelled by you, which some might be, but others are going to be drawn to you. All right, let's go on here. Shoes for the gospel of peace. And as for shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Paul's reference here is to the Roman soldiers' shoes, which weren't just sandals. These were actually very thick-soled sandals, which had nails driven through them. So they, in essence, had studs. You know, like how baseball players have cleats and stuff, so they can run, they can stand, they can have that power in the batting box. These are the, the shoes that the Roman soldiers would have had. It did a couple things. By the way, some people believe that it was the shoes that gave the Roman soldiers the ability to conquer because they were able to travel and go through tough terrain and also stand firm in very unfirm terrain during the battles. Now, as Christians wearing these shoes, it's a different type of shoe though, right? We are not there to pummel people we are not there to take the Bible and whap them over the head. That is not our point or purpose here. See, our message is that God in his love sent us his son for us. And through Jesus, we have peace with God. See, what is it to stand in the midst and muck and mire and the, the winds of war in our culture and be able to proclaim a gospel of peace. To be able to stand firm doing that. I'm going to read a quote, scripture here. I'm going to quote from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 through 17. It's a little bit longer, but I want you to see how much peace is given here. But now in Christ Jesus... thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. We have peace with God through Christ Jesus. Are you standing in that peace? Peace with God through our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. There are people in your life who need to hear a message of peace. There are a lot of people who are searching. I know of one young woman who's traveled quite a bit and has done a lot of different things and have seen a lot of different uh, lifestyles, as we'll call it, and has gotten kind of tired of the, the drinking and the casual intimacy and all the other things. And she's been searching. And so when I talk to her, I can, I do as I can, being ready to share Jesus, to share God. Maybe it just, it's a little bit at a time, but it's to be there, to be able to share a peace for which she is searching. That's what we do. We share peace and reconciliation. We share the gospel. But not only is there not only is there peace of God, there's peace. <clears throat> I'm sorry, not only is there peace with God, there's peace of God. Jesus told his disciples, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. He gives us his personal peace. Do you remember we went through uh stepping out in faith and talking about Jesus and the storms? And uh in one story, by the way, he was in the boat and what was he doing in the boat sleeping sleeping in the storm what kind of peace is that to be able to sleep in the storm right it's a peace that knows that he has full sovereignty and he has full control even before pilot he stood there and he was not violent he was still a man of peace I don't know how you need to get dressed this morning. I don't know. But we do need to get dressed. We need to get dressed. It says, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So the questions this morning are, Am I willing to stand on the truth of Jesus and his word? Even if the rest of the church, even if the rest of the culture, even if the rest of the world denies it, are you willing to stand on his truth? Am I living the life of Christ's righteousness that enables me to boldly engage in the world? It's not my strength. It's not my righteousness, it's his strength and his righteousness. And am I standing firm in the peace of the gospel message? Those are the three questions for you this morning. As you think about standing firm, being dressed in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you have given each one of us exactly what is needed Help us to be dressed as you would have us be dressed. Help us to take the action and then stand firm for you, your truth, your righteousness, your gospel. And in your name we pray, amen.